0: Hello and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Recovering Faith. Or I guess if this is your first time, uh, welcome to Recovering Faith. I don't know if you've ever had one of those times when your head hurts really bad and you're in kind of a fog. Well, I've been that way for about three days now, so uh, I I don't know what's causing the headache. It's probably allergies, so if um, I don't seem to be making as much sense today or if, my, uh, or if I'm kind of all over the place that's probably why I've been kind of in a fog because of this headache for like the last three or four days so uh, hopefully it goes away soon. Life is extremely busy for me right now but busy in a good way I'm still in the process of buying a house and i'm packing up all of my stuff that i can so i can expedite the moving process when the house closes at the end of this month and i'm also a little stressed because the real estate agent decided to wait to have the house roofed until the week of closing and uh, the bank won't close on the house until the roof is done uh, and uh, The week of closing that's already going to be a shorter week because of memorial day and if it rains the roof can't be completed in time for the appraiser to get out there and make sure it was completed and then the closing day will be pushed back also it has rained approximately every other day this month here in missouri so far so the closing being delayed because of the rain delaying the roofers is a legitimate concern I have also been reading through the manual uh, that I was given uh, preparing for the, uh, to teach the VBS class, um, and that class starts the week I move into my house, which is the first week of June. And I will also be attending a weekly men's Bible study on Tuesday mornings, and that also starts in June. I usually get up at 6.30 every morning, six days a week, but in June I will have to get up earlier because the Bible study starts at the church at 6.30, and I won't get as much sleep on Monday nights unless I somehow manage to go to bed early, but it's for a good cause. A while back, someone at church was in need of a dining room table and some chairs, and since I wasn't using mine, I was just storing them in my parents uh, shed, I decided to give my dining room set to them. Now that I'm buying a house, I find myself in need of a dining room set, but I decided that since I have the skills and the tools, that I would build them myself. And uh, for the next few weeks, I have my mother's garage tied up while I build a dining room set for my house. She hasn't said But I'm certain my mother will be glad when I get all of my junk out of her attic, her shed, and her grudge. Practically every week lately, I wind up covering a topic other than the topic I had originally planned because life events get me to thinking about things. And I abandon my original topic for one that has arisen due to circumstances. And this week is no exception. And I honestly don't even remember what I was originally Planning on talking about this week. Uh, this week, I will be discussing the hope that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just a hope for the afterlife, but hope for this life as well. I'm calling this week's episode I Have This Hope. The name was inspired by the song of the same name by 10th Avenue North, but also by the teachings of Paul in Romans chapter 8. And if you haven't heard it, The song by 10th Avenue North, I Have This Hope. The words go, As I walk this great unknown, Questions come and questions go. Was there purpose for the pain? Did I cry all these tears in vain? I don't want to live in fear. I want to trust that you are near. Trust your grace can be seen in both triumph and tragedy. I have this hope in the depth of my soul. In the flood or the fire, you're with me, you won't let go. But sometimes my faith feels thin, like the night will never end. Will you catch every tear, or will you just leave me here? But I have this hope in the depth of my soul. In the flood or the fire, you're with me, and you won't let go. Yes, I have this hope in the depth of my soul. In the flood or the fire, you're with me, you won't let go. So whatever happens, I will not be afraid, because you are closer than this breath that I take. You calm the storm when I hear you call my name. I still believe that one day I'll see your face. I have this hope in the depth of my soul. In the flood or the fire, you're with me. I have this hope in the depth of my soul. In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. There is an older man who goes to church to the church I attend, and he's been there for a few years now. And a year or so before his health made it necessary for him to sell his house and move into senior living, I built a railing for the steps on the front of his house so he wouldn't fall while he was going up or down the stairs. Lately this man has been sitting by himself, so for the past few weeks I've been meaning to ask him to my home group, Bible study, but he always managed to slip out before I get a chance to talk to him. Two Sundays ago I was helping to pass the collection plate at church. So, when I was done, I waited on the side of the room that this elderly elderly gentleman was sitting at, and uh, after the service closed, I walked over to him and asked him to home group. Uh, As soon as I asked him to home group, he informed me that he couldn't go because he doesn't drive anymore, so I immediately volunteered to pick him up and to take him with me to home group, which he accepted. That evening, I picked the man up and I brought him to home group with me, and he had a great time. And unbeknownst to me, when I dropped him off back at his house that evening, I was the last person to see him alive, because he died at home in bed that very night. I found a few. Day, I found out a few days later when another person from my home group texted me and told me that he died. And a day later, the pastor called me and told me that. I was, in fact, the last person to see him alive. I'm extremely glad that I followed through with a prompting that I felt to ask this man to my home group, and I'm glad that he had an enjoyable evening with people who cared about him and respected him before passing. Had I not asked him to home group, I would have always regretted it, I was not able to go to his funeral because I had to work last Saturday, which is when the funeral was held, but I am glad that I was able to make some sort of a positive impact on his life while he was still alive. It would be sad to think that there is no hope beyond the grave, especially for those who have had a difficult life, and yet there are so many in this world today that have no hope. I'm not sure what kind of a life this man lived when he was younger, but in the few years that I knew him, he was a good man, and I have no reason to think otherwise than that he was right with the Lord before he died. Some nihilistic atheist, which, does face it, is the only form of atheism that makes any sense at all, because without a god or higher power there are no morals and no point to anything, uh, say that It is ridiculous to have hope and that everyone should embrace the cold truth as they see it. I don't agree though. I think that even if there wasn't a God, though I firmly believe there to be, the hope that comes from belief is worthwhile and makes life so much better. There's no reason to live a life without hope unless you just like being miserable. And I do know a few people who at least appear to like to be miserable and get angry if anyone tries to cheer them up. As anyone who knows me personally or anyone who is a regular listener of this blog or a listener of my podcast is aware of, I was completely devoid of faith for a few years, a uh, little over three years actually. And it was, without a doubt, the darkest time of my life. Not only was I going through an extremely rough time with my failing marriage and subsequent divorce, my nihilistic views on life made things much harder to bear, and I often didn't even see the point with continuing on. I thought that life was accidental and pointless, and therefore my pain and suffering were also pointless. It didn't... I didn't so much think that uh, life was unfair as I thought life in general was unfair, which it is. And I thought that there was no reason for hope because there was no higher higher power and the universe was indifferent to our suffering. If there is no God, then the answer to the meaning of life might as well be 42. Some of you probably got that joke. Or, any other arbitrary or senseless answer, because without God, there is no intrinsic meaning to life, or to anything else, and no hope either. Sometimes I was so angry with life that I wanted to yell at whatever cosmic force was responsible for it all, but since I didn't believe there to be any higher power, I shouted into the cold dark void, thinking that I was the only one in the universe who cared about my pain and suffering. I now know that God not only heard my shouts but he also felt my pain and my suffering and cared deeply and was silently working things in my life to guide me back to him. I am not going to spend time on what led me to the loss of my faith or the process by which I regained my faith, as I talked about both in great detail in previous episodes. Today I want to focus on the change in my life and in my happiness and satisfaction with life that occurred when I accepted Jesus in my life. I did my best as an atheist to convince people that I was happy because I didn't want my religious family members or friends to think that this was their opening to push religion on me, but I don't think I was convincing anyone. I was deeply depressed and often remarked in my journal that I didn't even know what I was bothering for because there was no point to my life and there didn't appear to be any reason to hope that it would improve much. I was often overwhelmed with a sense of dread and doom and I had many existential crises uh, because I viewed life as meaningless and yet I struggled to find meaning in my own life. The thought that I would live a hard life for no reason, and then die without making a difference for anyone else, and would not be remembered, bothered me deeply. I wanted my life to have meaning and to matter, even if I would cease to exist uh, at the end of it. Some people may claim that they have found meaning in their life without religion or spiritual belief. But I personally doubt that it's true and suspect that their efforts to convince themselves that they have found meaning has been in vain. I just don't see any way that a person could find any real meaning to their life if they believe that there is nothing more significant or bigger than they themselves are. When I was without faith, I struggled with how unfair it was that so many people do horrible things and then die without ever making amends, and essentially escape the consequences of those actions, and that so many innocent people suffered needlessly and never got retribution. Now, I have hope that in the end, God will make right every wrong, and that He will dry every tear. I also have hope that nothing in this world can keep us from the love of God. The famous words of Paul that I mentioned earlier from Romans 8:28 and 29 say, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Both because of all the bad things that were going on in my life at the time, and because of the existential crisis that was brought about by thinking that my life and my efforts and life in general was meaningless, I was almost constantly depressed and anxious. I was also in a foul mood most of the time and wasn't very empathetic to other people, though I viewed myself as a good person and thought I was nice to people. In retrospect, I wasn't nice. During that period in my life, I had a shirt that I used to wear nearly constantly that said, good because I want to be, no superstition required. I didn't break the law, and I wasn't hurting anyone, at least not intentionally, and I was kind to animals, but I think it would have been a stretch to say that I was a good person. Full disclosure, I am not as nice of a person as I should be even now. But at least I'm aware of that fact and I'm working on it. I have hope that even when I fall short, as I inevitably will, that God's grace is sufficient for me and He will not only give me another chance to get better, but He will help me to do so. When I was without faith, I didn't try to be a nicer person because I had fooled myself into thinking that I was already a nice person, even when the evidence proved quite otherwise. When I gave my life to Christ, I put effort into being a better person because my desires had changed and I wanted to be more like the God who saved me. One of the things I knew I needed to work on was how sarcastic and condescending I often was, and I made a conscious effort to improve in that area. One day I was with one of my uncles and someone asked me an extremely stupid question. But instead of acting annoyed or answering in a condescending or demeaning manner, I politely answered the question. After the person walked away, my uncle said that he was surprised that I didn't say anything snide, so I said, you know what, so am I. But I'm trying to be nicer to people. When a person is truly born again, it changes his or her outlook on everything because they are new creatures in Christ and the old person has died. The greatest thing God ever did for us was to sacrifice on our behalf so that we could be forgiven of our sins and go to heaven. But there are so many more positive things that we gain from following God than just not going to hell. When I was without faith, I viewed this life as all there was, and therefore, I thought that so long as I wasn't hurting anyone, I was doing well. But I'm certain that my rude and sarcastic comments hurt at least a few people. Viewing this short earth life is all there is, leads most atheists and agnostics to live a hedonistic lifestyle. The thought is basically that if life is all there is, then we should live it up to its fullest and enjoy every minute. But I think the high suicide rate among rock stars is proof that hedonism does not lead to happiness. Despite the fact that I was doing many things that the world says should bring happiness, I wasn't happy. And I am now working so much and volunteering so much that I don't have much if any free time. I don't party and most of my social interactions are church related. And I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm not saying that I don't have any problems, but by changing my outlook on life, I'm happier doing mundane things in the storm than I was partying in the nice weather. Because of Jesus, I I have hope that my suffering in this life, and the suffering of other people, is not in vain and will lead to some greater good. I have hope that even when life is not going as planned, that God is guiding me to something much better than I planned, and I have the hope that after this life, I will be with Jesus forever. I like to say, and it is completely true, that my faith in God did not increase because my life got better but rather my life got better because my faith in God increased. I don't even care that my atheists and agnostic friends think I'm foolish for it, but it is a lot easier to deal with hardships in life with the knowledge that God is in control and that He loves me more than I will ever know in this life. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.